Welcome to Account-Based Marketing. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders, sharing thoughts and practical tips for growing your most valuable customers. Hosted by me, Alicia Linden, founder and CEO at Momentum ABM. Welcome to this episode of Account-Based Marketing. This is part two of two from our live event. During part one, we were joined by Robert Hollier, our Director of Consulting, who took us through the Customer Buying Index. Our index brings together 10 years of experience and research to provide a unique picture of who buyers are and how sales and marketing teams can sharpen their engagement. During this recording, we're joined by our panel, Pete Markey, CMO of TSB Bank, Andy Simpson-Piri, CTO of Cyberfork Group, Daushan Humza, Board Advisor and Transformation Expert, Brian Hayes, Financial Industry Lead at VMware, and Tony Miller, Marketing Director at WW. Here's the panel facilitated by our very own Commercial Director, Will Nichols. To kick us off, um, if it's okay, uh, Pete, uh, I might just um, direct the first question to you. Um, Hopefully you're you're still connected. Uh, I can, Nick, very clearly. Hello, everyone. Hello. Great. So uh, I thought it'd be interesting to to ask you um, about the role of digital content and um, particularly um, someone was asking um, when a sales opportunity is approaching the kind of RFP or bid stage, what sort of content and communications have you found most effective uh, and most persuasive on you? And and has that changed at all through the um, COVID-19 period? Yeah, I mean, I think con- content's really powerful because content's a form of great storytelling. And I think for me, in choosing a supplier, having a really clear narrative about obviously what the supplier can do, but importantly, what they've done for other people. What are the case studies? Who have they worked with? What impact have they had? And, and how can that therefore help me understand or how can it be brought to life to help me understand that the impact of what that supplier or provider could do for the business that I'm in as well. So I think that's really powerful But if it's told through the lens of a case study or, or something equally um, impactful. I mean, I, I guess the difference with COVID-19, obvious point, is, is the lack of physically being able to meet and talk things through. But that, you know, that I've not seen that as a massive barrier. I think, you know, great businesses are able to communicate, uh, particularly in the sorts of areas you're talking about here, using technology well. And I've I've certainly been impressed over the last few weeks of, of suppliers I've met, agencies we work with, who've really adapted brilliantly to using technology to continue the narrative and, and continue to uh, promote and talk about uh, talk about what they're doing. Um, I mean, just picking up one thread of, of what I thought has been a fantastic and really helpful report and the presentation just gave is about the authenticity of suppliers genuinely getting you as a brand and a business. And I think you know, for me, the best content is Yes, there's content that is naturally generic, but content that goes, we know a business like yours, you know, we know your business rather than here's just sort of a stock uh, kind of proposal. Um, so for me, great content is more powerful when uh, it, it's rooted in an understanding of your business. Fantastic. Thank you. And would you say there are different uh, content formats that are best suited to, to those types of bringing those types of things to life? Yeah, I mean, I, I found it, you know, forums like this actually you know, meeting real people still online and talking through a case study. I find more useful than, I mean, video content is fine, but there's lots of studies that talks about the average attention span. I'd be hard pressed if I wanted if I was sent like a 20 minute video by someone or 10 minutes to watch it all probably at the moment. But if I knew I was on a call and there's a chance to talk it through, ask questions and understand it, that would be a lot more powerful and effective. It's kind of mirroring as if you were meeting up. Gotcha. Okay. That's great. Great insight. Thank you very much. 
Okay, the next question that someone's asking, I think it's very interesting that, that you know, we talk a lot about relationships with the C-suite and, and their importance. And obviously that came through in, in, this, in the customer buying index data very, very clearly. But someone's asking here for when, when it comes to white space accounts, uh, what's the best uh, way into that conversation? Is it top down through the C-suite or bottom up through people um, with probable pain points? Uh, or do you need to do both? Uh, maybe Andy, you've got a, a view on that. Yeah, absolutely. So hi, everybody. I think both is, is the shortest answer to that. So to engage properly at the C-suite, the decision makers, I think is absolutely key because otherwise you will find your way engaging and trying to work your way up the tree of management. Um, but also don't forget the uh, the middle men, the middle people that are actually doing the work because they internally influence the C-suite. So as a C-suite member myself uh, and throughout my career, I've taken a lot of advice from the people that work with me and for me because frankly, we don't know everything and we, we can't know everything. And that's why we have good people around us. So I think to go back to your, your question, you need to engage both at the top and at the bottom or in the middle. Um, yeah, so re really embracing that insight that there's multiple decision makers involved in, in any purchase, even though in recent times that seems to have declined slightly, there's, there's still a, a large number um, of stakeholders, gotcha. Okay, great. Um, so Brian, um, uh, great to have you back. I think it'd be fantastic just to get your take on this question that came in on, on the chat, which is around that insight that we saw earlier on in the presentation that uh, C-suite seem to be slightly less involved in the um, purchase of cloud technology than in, in other areas. And that seems sort of slightly surprising given the importance of, of a cloud-first strategy um, in your enterprise accounts at the moment. It's, it's a really interesting question because I think it, my suspicion is that's going to be very much industry dependent on, on where that C-suite engagement is. And C-suite is a big grouping of lots of different things. Okay, so my experience from financial services is that you know, the, the C-suite was very well informed around cloud and cloud technology, was very well informed around the benefits that technology could deliver to its organization, either through an enhanced client experience or cost efficiencies or all the, all the things that you would expect. So, so maybe that's industry specific, but as I said, my experience is that you know, all the way through the organization, everyone from where I came from understood what they wanted from cloud and digital technologies and the advancement that, the, that we as a bank needed to make to drive some of the benefits it was looking for. Okay, great. Thank you for that. Great, great insights. Okay, so um, moving on to the, the next question, I'd uh, I'd love just to ask uh, ask Tony for your take on, on this next one because I, I know that you've obviously worked at a number of kind of global organisations, including Disney, and someone was keen to get kind of some insight on on what was driving the differences in the sizes of buying teams in in the US versus uh, EMEA and the rest of the world. I don't know if you have a take on on why there is a bit of a disparity in in the sizes of the teams involved. Um, in both of those different areas. Yeah, no. Uh, um, hello, everyone. Great to be part of the discussion here uh, with you today. In terms of the sizing differences, I found that quite interesting as well. I think just from my experience here, I think there is more of a concerted effort in the UK to, to work as a team, as, as a cross-functional team, I guess, 
in terms of making these big decisions that uh, end up, you know, you know, with with huge investment requirements behind them. So I think from where I see teams working over here versus teams in the US, we have a more, I think, collaborative cross-functional approval process that needs more stakeholders involved. And potentially the US is quite siloed um, in their functional uh, requirements and therefore have a smaller group of decision makers. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, that makes sense. Okay, and just looking at some of the more recent questions on the chat here, um, just pick up on a, on a question from, from Martin, which I might just put to Daoshan, um, if I can bring you in. The, the question is, is um, from a C-suite perspective, do, does the vendor's approach to corporate responsibility and their credentials in that space um, play a part in the decision to buy? I don't know, Daoshan, if you have a view on that. Hi there. Thanks very much, um, Will, and thanks again to, to Alicia and Robert for the excellent insights. The, the question about the C-suite perspective and the role of corporate responsibility and disability definitely plays a part, an increasing part. And we can see this in terms of how investors and, and markets are spreading their capital and funds. ESG is becoming a greater consideration. So yes, understand your customer's business, be very customer end user focused. But increasingly, the role of ESG is, is rising. And we see that through various studies, in ter- particularly in terms of board dynamics. It links very closely to the six themes that Robert took us through. Trust, engagement, understanding, inspiration, content and pace. And the fact that you've got to have a conversation at a, let's say, a buying team level and at a board level re- requests you to tailor that conversation accordingly. I think some of the regional variances can be explained by the focus on governance, a focus on oversight, and the various gates that you have to go through, particularly for large OPEX and CAPEX decisions. So a focus on ESG would resonate strongly at the board. Focus on the customer needs and being more, let's say, anticipatory of customer needs would resonate strongly at an exco level. The content around, I think, um, on one of Robert's slides, you're talking about vendor and product related content being the greatest form of content there would resonate more at the buying team level so the simple answer is yes but tailoring the content effectively for conversations at those three levels is critical and yes esg does play a part in that great thank you and and, and pete is, is that analysis something you see in in the, the the types of conversations that are going on within within the um, C-suite and, 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 and other levels of the organisations you're involved in. Yeah, I think it's really important. And um, first of all, hello, Dash. And Dash and I used to work together years ago, so great to be on with Dash. No, I think it's really important. And I think it's really important that, that it's in the sort of role I do as a marketeer that we're, we're taking the right information to the C-suite and bringing them on the journey because, you know, the sort of assets we're talking about here, I wouldn't expect all the C-suite to be fully versed in what different tools and different things can do. You know, it's very much you know, my role to do that and represent those those assets in, in in the very best way. And then this is where I think this this you know, the narrative around what each asset or each tool will do becomes really really important. The value it will drive for the business and the impact that it will have in the long term. I think that really matters. Okay, just picking up on another question here from the chat, uh, and maybe Andy, it'd be great to, to get your your take on this. We didn't talk too much through through the slides around the, the the makeup of the buying unit and how consistent it is through the decision making process. Um, is it more or less the the same people all the way through, or does the the makeup of the buying team change significantly through the different stages of of, of the buying process? There's two answers to that, to be honest. So. 
typically with larger scale buy-in processes, so three million plus, et cetera, you do tend to have the same people within the buying team. And the reason for that is you ensure consistency all the way through. And you, you, you can get an idea of the journey that you need to take the business all the way through. So, so keeping that consistency is actually key. On the flip side, it also differs massively depending on what you are buying. So if you're buying cloud or you're buying an ERP solution, the buying team would, well, at least in my experience, be substantially different. Okay, gotcha. And um, I, I might just ask this, this next question that's just literally coming on the chat to, to you as well, Andy, since, since I've got you on the line, which is how much of the buying cycle um, in your experience has occurred in the business before a vendor has approached? So I guess how, how much of it is 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 happening sort of uh, initiated by by the buyer and then the vendors getting involved versus it's a, it's a two-way conversation from the get-go? Yeah, definitely. So it, it really depends on what we're buying and what the product or service is. So we talked earlier earlier on within the presentation around uh, partners, vendors, suppliers being able to generate ideas and generate innovation. So in that scenario, typically the, you would be very early on in the buying process. And in fact, the, the partner may trigger that buying process. But for other things, things like um, an ERP solution, which are fairly well understood within large organizations and, and the business need for that is fairly well understood. The buying process is actually quite far down the road. They've usually pulled together an idea of what you want, an idea of how long it typically takes to get what you want and the business value and the quality, i.e. the outcome you need to be able to get with that purchase. Okay, great. Thank you very much. And I've got a question from George a bit further up the chat that I just might put to, to, to Daoshan, which is, do, do you have a view, Daoshan, on, on whether for the SMB uh, market, the C-suite have an even greater role in buying decisions than in larger enterprises? Yes. And again, it, it, it can mirror some of the, the discussion from the slides in terms of regionality as well, sector and regionality. And I guess how you, from experience as well, I can see how decisions are made and where those decisions are made in the organization. I think there's another question about um, top down and bottom up. And you can say that many decisions are made through the links, particularly, and I've seen this in, in two industries that I've worked in recently, where board level relationships have been critical. And the fact that an existing main board member and not a net, sorry, a net, a non-exec director may have relationships can be brought to bear at a board meeting where generally the CEO and CFO are at as being the only exec board members on the main board. And then a decision could be evaluated but very much top down. I think pertinent to the question you've asked, where there's probably a degree of agility and speed in the SMBs that decisions can be made more effectively at a C-suite level with the right functional heads. And there's probably more expertise by virtue of the nature of the business there, ironically, than in much larger enterprises, which, as we, we've experienced, have significant gaps at the highest level when it comes to cognitive diversity and two special, well, two skill sets. One, ironic, to be on this call, technology and digital is probably the biggest gap for main boards, and two, marketing and customer insight in terms of translating that into solutions. So ironically, there is more of a, a challenge in the, the largest of largest organizations, as opposed to you know, certainly smaller and more agile organizations.
Okay, I think we've got time for one one last question um, before I hand over to Alicia and um, to bring us to a close. And I might just ask ask for Tony for your perspective on this one, which is, and we talked right at the start of the of of the slides around trying to get to that kind of uh, trusted partner strategic partnership status. And I wondered if you had a perspective on whether um, to achieve that requires a uh, sort of consulting advisory offer these days so it's more of a more of a kind of value conversation any trends in that in that regard yeah absolutely i think um all of the above really to, to reach that status as partner you really have to get not only under the skin of my of my business or the business challenges and the needs but to kind of walk alongside me and really understand the pressures of the solutions that i need in place to drive the business forward so offering uh, to to be a partner to 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 have value added services beyond just case studies and and support in that way, but really to come alongside me and walk with me on on that journey will will help enable that. It's to me, I equate it to any kind of uh, building a relationship. You know, you have to get to know the per the person in the business in a, in an intimate way where it is almost your own challenges yourself. So therefore the, the solutions you're bringing to the table are very natural and very immediate and very specific. Okay, gotcha, that's great, thank you. Thanks to all our panelists for sharing their expert insights today. From this event, there are six other episodes where you can hear specific insights from the Customer Buying Index itself and also dive deeper with each of the panelists. Visit wearemomentum.com for more details of our events during September and also to download the latest report. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so please get in touch with me or Will if you'd like to know more. See you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Momentum ABM, the account-based marketing consultancy, transforming how sales and marketing teams grow their biggest customers. You can learn more at MomentumABM.com.